What's up? And welcome to the Very Best Self Podcast. I'm your host, Victoria Brown. Tune in each week as I have candid conversations with inspiring humans, including athletes, entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and anyone out there making waves. Get ready to leave your comfort zone behind, step into your power, and live a more purpose-driven life. I am so happy that you're here. Now let's do this. Welcome back to the Very Best Self Podcast, you guys. We have Danielle McCleary on the podcast today. So this is a super exciting episode because I have a lot of people on the podcast that, uh, I mean, I would say every single person that I have on the podcast is someone who inspires me or someone that I look up to in some way or someone who has, you know, some kind of expertise that I want to share with all of you. Uh, and Danielle is all of those things wrapped into one. Um, and plus bonus, she is a dear friend of mine. So I am so excited to have her on and to share her knowledge and just wealth of information that she has about just life in general with you. So Danielle is a human design coach. She is also an entrepreneur coach. She is a soul cycle instructor um, and just an all around incredible human who I like, you know, you just kind of connect with people. I feel like Danielle is just someone like when you talk to her, you just, it feels like when you, whenever you talk to her, it feels like she actually just like hears you. Do you know those people, you know what I'm talking about? Like when you have a conversation with someone and they're like genuinely listening to you, like, and receiving the things that you have to say. I feel like even if we don't talk that often, if I like ever needed literally anything, I could call her any time of day or night and she would answer and be like, yeah, what's up? We haven't talked. Like what's, what do you need? How can I help? You know, that kind of person. Um, and she's just very kind of connected with the world and the universe and so has a lot of wealth of knowledge, like I said, about just how to live your life in the most effective, authentic way. And so we're going to get all the way into it. You can find Danielle on Instagram at Danielle underscore on the daily, and you're going to want to hit that follow button. Uh, yeah, that's what we got for you. So enjoy this episode. Here we go, guys. I have Danielle McCleary on the pod today, my friend. I'm so freaking excited. I'm amped for this episode. Um, I guess I'll just start by saying like, duh, thank you so much for being on. You guys. <laughs> duh. Um, thank you for having me on. I feel like this is yeah. such a like a long time coming. I feel like we, yeah. we've been wanting this to happen for so long. It has. And we're finally here. Um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just like, I don't know. Like I said, I'm just amped. I'm super, super pumped to have you on. Um, we've been friends for gosh, probably like 10 years now going on I think over that. Yeah. Yeah. It's 10 years at soul cycle this year. So mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So we were, we met working on the front desk in West Hollywood, California. Um, hey, hey. Yeah, she is or slash was slash is right now. You're teaching again for like right, the summer. Right now, right? Yeah. You're doing a for little, now, yeah a little showcase, a little summer residency, if you will. <laughs> um, so yeah, she's a soul cycle instructor. Um, and that's how we originally met, but you now have branched off into doing so many other things. And she's not just doing the things that she's doing. She's like kicking ass and taking names at these things, which is why I cannot freaking wait to have you on today to share like just an ounce of all of your goodness that you share on your Instagram. And you know, whenever I get the chance to talk to you, uh, with the rest of the world. So I'm super pumped to do that. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you. I, I feel like I've, it's, you know, you have friends in your life that you just feel like, Oh, like I feel like I'm chasing that person. Like that's a person that I'm chasing. Like I've always felt like that about you. Like you're just a person that I just always feel like the girl is going places. And I definitely like want to be on whatever train that's on. So 
the feeling is like entirely mutual. And I feel very honored and grateful to be able to like share this space with you this morning because it's going to be badass. I just know it. I just know it too. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay. So essentially something you've gotten really, really into uh, is my human design. And so now you are kind of like a my human design coach as well as an entrepreneur coach. And so I want to talk about my human design. I want to talk about what it is. So a lot of people out there, they've heard of, you know, an Enneagram or all these other different kind of, you know, tests that you can take that tell you about your characteristics of who you are, you know, astrology, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I've done all of these tests. However, when I stumbled upon my human design, I was like, it was like, this hit me like, like a brick wall. I was like, this is something totally different, something totally unique. And as I understand it, my human design, um, you don't take a test about like, you know, how you are, you know, like, would you, you know, answer the question this way? Or how would you handle this circumstance? It's more, it's really kind of astrology based in a sense. Am I right? Mm -hmm. And essentially what it's saying is the world will tell you like, this is the recipe for success. This is how you should show up in the world. Like you should be someone who is, you know, if you're not busy all the time, then you're not important and successful. And that's the only way to do it. And there's just so many things that the world tells us that we're supposed to do. And your human design will tell you who you are at your core and how you can best show up in the world. Am I right about that? <laughs> and you can break yeah. it further. Yeah, you are. It's so funny though, because like it's not actually like different from Enneagram or different from all these things. It's actually like a like a culmination of all of them. So human design um was like a download from Ram, philosopher Ram. It, it so it said that he received a download, God source, whoever it is for you, like received a download and basically like was able to create or I guess, like download what is human design. And I've come to find that I think human design is like, so I believe in like, I believe that we co-created this life and whether you believe that you co-created this life with the universe, God or whatever, at the end of the day, like you co-created it, you are here for a purpose. Like I've actually come to find that like human design is really just like, it's that, it's that map that like you had a hand in writing. And sometimes we just need reminders of it. Like we need to be able to go back to it. So Human design kind of pulls from Eastern and Western ideologies. So it pulls on the East, it pulls from Chinese I Ching, some Kabbalah, a little bit of like Buddhist and Hindu um, ideologies, even Ayurvedic, the way like Ayurvedic energy flows, definitely astrology because you figure it out through your birth chart um, or your birth blueprint. And then on the West, it does actually pull from Enneagram, Meyer-Briggs, and quantum physics. So it's kind of all of them all in one. And that's why a lot of people, when they read their human design, whether they're astrology-based, whether they're you know more science-based and like Enneagram, Meyer-Briggs, everybody who hears about their human design goes, wait, yeah, like that's me. And I think yeah. I don't think human design teaches you shit. I think human design really just brings you home to yourself more wow. than anything. Yeah. I mean... For me, honestly, when I say it has changed my life, like that's actually how I genuinely feel. So basically yeah. I downloaded, what I did was I downloaded the My Human Design app. And okay. so kind of it tells, it's like, oh, you were put on this earth. My, uh, there's five different kinds of energy types, right? Yep. So Well, there's en two energy types, three non-energy types. Okay. We're going to get into that. So, but mine is I'm a projector. And so a projector essentially or the type of projector that I am is like, I'm put here on this earth to teach people things and to give advice. And a lot of people will come to me um, for advice. However, 
However, it says in my chart that I should only share my gifts with people when I know that they want to receive them. And for me, like the reason that changed my life is because I'm just going to put my sister on blast right now, but I have a baby sister and my sister, for whatever reason, does not want my advice. And I always want to give it to her. And I always want to tell her like, try this, do this, blah, blah, blah. Like I didn't have an older sister. So it's kind of an energy that I have where I'm just like, let me show you the way. Like you have me. I didn't have anyone. Like, let me show you the way. And I'm dying to show her the way or give her advice, but she has never wanted it. And is she a generator? Uh, actually, I'm not sure what she is. That's a good oh, question. Interesting. Um, but so when I listened to my uh, human design and read about it, basically it was saying like I could somehow be like someone who has like a bird's eye view and they can see down like the zebras and and everyone in in the you know the the jungle and how they're living yeah. their lives. And because I have this bird's eye view, I could say like, oh my gosh, if we tried it this way, it would work better. But what happens is if you are talking to someone who doesn't want to receive your advice, like it hits them like a brick wall and it bounces off and it just will cause you so much strife in this life. And it has. It repels people. Yeah. It repels repels people, people, which only makes you more bitter. Yes. I have been pushing her away essentially by trying to love her. I have been pushing her away basically my entire life. So when I did my human design chart, I was like, I got this new understanding. I was like, oh my God, like I just need to let her do her own thing, figure it out for herself. And like, if she asks me for advice, then I can give it. But otherwise, like I don't, she doesn't want it. And so like, if that, that's actually the way that I can love her more is to trust her to make her own decisions and trust her to find her own way. And so that was one of the biggest things that like really changed my relationship with my sister. She came to New York City to visit for a weekend and we made it through an entire weekend without fighting. (laughs) And I was like, this is a win. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's actually, you're so right about projectors and projectors only represent about 20% of the population, but that's actually growing as like more people are deciding to work for themselves or deciding that they are burnt out trying to like be a worker. Everybody basically on this planet tries to be a generator and not everybody's a generator. And so projectors especially are raised thinking that they need to be generators. And I'll kind of explain what that means, I guess. Like there's two energy types, there's three non-energy types. The energy types are your generators and manifesting generators. I'm a generator. I have a sacral battery. So if you ever look at my chart, you'll see that my sacral center is defined, which is like colored in essentially. And what that means is like I have this battery inside, quite literally a generator inside of me that when I am lit up doing what I'm doing, like loving what I'm doing, I can do it forever. But not only that, I literally bring energy to the rest of the population. I either, generators either bring the sunshine or they bring the rain clouds. If we're not lit up about what we're doing, we suck energy from the world. If we're doing what we love, everybody has more. And that's the same with manifesting generators, which are a little bit more, they're just quicker. They like to bounce around a lot. They're the true multi-passionates of the collective, the people in your life that you're like, I don't know how you do so many things. And I've actually tried to live my whole life as a manifesting generator and like only in the last year I've realized like, oh, actually I'm here for mastery. I'm here to master the things that I'm doing and maybe there'll be multiple things, but all of them follow a theme where before I tried to be like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. Yes, 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 yes. And then I was tired where the non-energy types are your projectors, your reflectors, and your manifestors. Projectors, like you said, VB, like 
yeah, you're here to guide people. You are here. You are quite literally on this planet to lead and guide us. And you see the world in a way that like nobody else is going to see the world. And so everyone needs a projector in their life. The problem is a lot of projectors as children were called lazy. They were told they didn't work hard enough. They were told that they were bossy. They were told that they were nosy. They were told that they acted like know-it-alls. And what happens when you tell it? Yeah, right? That's me to a T. Yeah. And what happens when you tell a child that they close up, they close up, they close up. So then there's all these things inside of a projector and every projector is a little bit different. Like Victoria is a ch- what we call like the challenge solver. So what she's quite literally the best in the world at solving problems. That's literally what she's best in the world at. And what happened was probably she closed off, closed off, closed off, stopped helping people with their problems. But then that's like what she's here for. So then she gets bitter. So then she just like, I always say like projectors that are not in alignment with like who they should be and how they're meant to work. If there were two people trying to build a table, maybe it's two generators trying to build a table who are not reading the directions because that's just, we're just trying to figure it out and having fun while doing it. The projectors in the other room, like just wanting them, like wanting to be asked, how do you do this table? Do you have a better way of doing this? Like the projector is dying for you to ask because the projector made the instructions for the table. The projector knows exactly how to build that goddamn table. And nobody's asking the projector because the projector hasn't just come out and said, just so everybody knows, I actually wrote those instructions. So if you need help, let me know. The projector is just waiting, 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 waiting for the invitation because you do have to be invited. I think we want to be wanted. I always want to be wanted. So I like you do there and you okay because I'm like yeah. Projectors serve their whole life. You may outside and like why won't you ask me? Why won't you let like just ask me? Like (laughs) I got this. Trust me. And like I'm waiting to be asked. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of the journey for a projector is really just coming back to self and realizing that you actually don't need the outside validation of other people telling you that you're great because you have to come back to self and realize that you are great. And the way that you get that invitation that you so desperately want and seek is just by living your best life and doing whatever it is that you're really good at. So I have a really good friend who's a projector. And if you go to her Instagram She's like the perfect projector on Instagram. Like you would look at her Instagram and be like, this girl doesn't seem like she works at all. Like she has no job, it seems like, although she does. And she's very, very successful. She works maybe three hours a day. But again, projectors have a very small but very efficient battery. So y'all can get done in three hours. What would take me eight days? And so it's not it's not beneficial for you or the people you're meant to serve. If you're trying to just like be a worker bee all day, you're meant like I tell every projector client that I have, I'm like, if you have been working for more than three hours, you either need to have a nap or eat a snack. Like, and that is a hundred percent me. And so this was another thing when I did this human design chart and like learned about myself, because when I was in college, when I tell you the identity crisis I felt like I had because all of my roommates were studying for eight hours or pulling all nighters and studying for these crazy amounts of time or, you know, all of this stuff. And I felt like there was literally something physically, emotionally, mentally, all of it wrong with me. And this is so stupid too, because I literally graduated with a 3.7 cumulative GPA. So Mm -hmm. I there wasn't anything wrong with me. I was making amazing grades, like incredible Mm -hmm. grades, but I Mm -hmm. still was like, I can't study as long as everybody else. Like how Mm -hmm. we'll go to the library at the same time. And you can stay there for hours upon hours upon hours where I 
physically would go insane because I couldn't do it. And I, and I would feel so less than to mm-hmm. the point where mm-hmm. I was like, I must have ADD. I mm-hmm. need to go to a psychiatrist. I'm going to, I need to get prescribed with ADD medicine. Like mm-hmm. I need Adderall so that I can study as long as everybody else. Like, no, no, no. I didn't need Adderall like at all. I just needed to read my human design chart to know that that like, that's how I operate and like, it's okay. And how, mm-hmm. and that's what I find so fascinating about reading your own personal human design chart is that you can learn that who you are is not how everybody else is. And that is not okay, but it's actually corny, but it's actually your superpower. Like really though. It's- hundred percent your superpower. Like that's the thing. It's like the more, so like as a, as a projector, like the more that Victoria tries to be everything for everyone all the time and help everybody with their problems, even if they're not ready to receive it, or even more helping people with problems that you actually have no interest in helping with. Cause y'all do that too. You try to fix everyone, especially five ones. Like she's what we call a five one, um, splenic projector. And that means like she has a knack for solving people's problems. So then people see her as the person in their life who can solve problems. So Victoria probably has relationships in her life where like they're not as genuine and deep as they could be because all that person sees her as is the person who can like solve their problems. So a lot of like your journey, Vic, is going to be like, coming back to this idea that you don't need to solve everyone's problems. And in fact, if you don't enjoy solving those problems, you're only pulling yourself off of your path of genius, which is to help people figure shit out. But it has to be what you're fascinated with. It has to be what you're interested in. And it has to be what the other person is ready to hear. Right. Yeah. It's so- it's pretty crazy. I mean, a lot of projectors have a really hard time in college. They have a really hard time in the workforce, but I feel like the more that the world transitions away from working, I mean, that's why you're here. Like you're here to help the collective kind of make this great shift right now. You know, we had the great resignation where 75 million people quit their jobs in 2020 and 2021 and projectors are kind of the people that are going to be elevated now as like, what are they doing? Because they're figuring it out. And especially being in like my own entrepreneurial journey right now, I'm relying a lot on my projector friends because they're teaching me a lot about not saying yes to everything, not feeling like I need to be busy in order to be worthy. And um, so I think a lot of us are going to need, oh, my son's a projector too. And it's really fun to watch him. He's an ego projector. So you're a splenic projector. He's what we call an ego projector. Okay. Um, which is crazy for a kid because you have to keep their ego unwounded and really just like try raising a kid that's literally meant to do whatever they want. Like that's fun. Um, but like for you, your intuition is going to tell you what you're interested in, right? And that your intuition is truly like when we think of intuition, that's truly like the intuition that you have. And your intuition can come from your gut. It can come from your spleen. It can come from your emotions, your ego. Um, If you're a reflector, your intuition comes after like a month of thinking about it. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. I mean, buying a house in this market for a reflector is the most impossible thing in the world. Are you a Um, reflector? No, I'm a generator and I have gut intuition. reflector is one of the five. What? Oh, I didn't know that a reflector is one of the five. Sorry, got it. Yeah, reflectors are 1% of the population. Oh my God. Yeah, they're super deep. They're super introspective people. If you look at their chart, um, some of like on your chart, you see like 
your you have really defined like crown center, really defined idea center, really defined heart center, your ego center and your spleen center are defined centers for you. But if you looked at a reflector's chart, no center is defined. They're completely undefined, which means that they are truly mirrors and amplifiers for the collective. So where the rest of us are focused on moving forward, progress, becoming, evolving, the reflectors are there to go, okay, but who are we now? So they truly are like chameleons. They can be a, they, if we, you and I had a mutual friend that was a project or a reflector, that person would be a completely different person with you than they would be with me because they magnify and amplify whoever they're around. Wow. It's really powerful. And they're like, they're rare. So if you know one, it's like, keep them around. <laughs> wow. Crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's so interesting. So for anybody out there who's listening, um, it takes like no time flat to figure out which of your five, which five you are, which of the five you are. Uh, and I highly recommend it for just getting to know yourself and understanding who you are and how you show up in the world. And obviously we never stop growing as human beings. We never stop learning about who we are. We'll be 99 and still learning about ourselves. Um, but I think it just takes a lot of the headache and a lot of the heartache, I think out of the equation sometimes, especially when we feel lost, if you can kind of go to this chart and understand like, like this is just actually who I am and it's okay to be this person. And it gets all the way down to the nitty gritty of like, like things that bring you joy in terms of like how you like to eat your food. Like in my chart, Mm -hmm. it says that I love hot food. And I was like, wow, like that hot things basically bring me coziness, like taking a, I will just stand in the shower sometimes. Um, environmentalists don't come for me, but like for 20 to 30 minutes, I swear. Mm-hmm. And if like, if our 15 minutes or whatever it is, but like, I see the scolding hot water to just be yeah. on my body. Like I'll get on one of those people that I get out of the shower and my skin is beet red because I like the water so hot. Um, mm-hmm. I like my food piping hot. And I guess the reason that I really realized that was so true is because my fiance is like the total opposite. He's like, why do you always insist on eating everything so hot? And this was an argument, not argument, but like a, you know, a topic of conversation that we've had many times. He like wants to let his food cool down before he eats mm-hmm. it. And I'm like, no, yeah. like it is best served straight out the oven. Like I want to eat it then, you know, uh-huh. it's just silly stuff like that. It goes really, it goes even deeper than that because like hot food, like your digestion is also how you take in information. So like for you, like being in the sun, being in a warm environment, being cozy is actually the best way for you to digest information and for the best way for you to learn. Because as soon as you're cold, as soon as you cool down, as soon as it gets dark, like your brain actually shuts off and is incapable of taking information in. So like for you, it would be really good for you to get most of your work done during the day when it's warm and during the winter, because you're in New York, like when it's freezing all the time, it's going to be really good for you to like invest in like a space heater to like have near you when you're working so that you can like take in the maximum amount of information that you're meant to take in when you're getting your work done, which it's interesting because you teach at Seoul and like it's warm and it's hot and it's sweaty in there, which is probably why you have had the success that you've had because you're just, A, you get to help people solve their problems in a space that you enjoy. That makes sense. I never thought about And that. it's warm. Yeah. Because it's so hot in there. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because like you as a projector, like projectors can go and they like look at their charts and they're like, oh, I got this. Like, uh, yes, like I could teach this tomorrow if I really wanted to. And they're, 
totally. I mean, and I felt the same way because I'm a six, what we call a six, two generator, which the six and the two together, it's called the exemplary human. And it's part wise, sage, part natural. So like when I learned, when I learned human design, there was no learning it. Like it literally felt like I was remembering it from a past life. And I'm like convinced that I helped like create it. Like that's like how well it just like got into my head. Yeah. Um, so like, that's a thing too, is if you're a person who is like, I lo- would love to download this and I would love to read my chart, but like, I'm still super confused. Like go find someone like I, I can do a human design reading with you. Cause not everybody's going to pick it up as easy as a projector. And sometimes it does help to like have somebody like go through your chart with you and be like, this is actually what this means. Yeah. So you literally work for- with Danielle. You can find her on Instagram and you can literally book time and work with her just so she can like unpack your whole chart for you. Yeah. And so I'm going to cool. give you a, I'm going to give you a link that you can add to your show notes. Like your um, anybody who is one of your listeners is going to get 20% off of my readings. So mm-hmm. you can book a reading with me for 20% off. Oh, we love it. Okay, great. Yeah. We love we love a discount. Thanks, guys. We love discounts. We love it. Um, okay, so anything else that you want to mention on human design before we kind of s- shift gears a little bit to entrepreneurship? Well, I think it's like a good segue into entrepreneurship. The other thing like you can really find out in your chart is like what kind of manifester you are, like how you manifest. And that can be prayer if that's for you. Like if it's God for you, then it's like how you pray. And if it's not, then it's how you manifest. And um like you're a specific manifester. I'm a non-specific manifester. So both of those things are rooted in trust and gratitude with the universe, God, source, whoever it is that you pray to. So for you, like you're Christian, right? Mm-hmm. So for you, God fully trusts that you know what you want in this life. He fully, fully trusts that you know what you want and you're grateful for that trust. So for you, like somebody who's a specific manifester, details turn you on. Like If you're thinking about your dream house, it turns you on to think about what color your doors are going to be and what color your cabinets are going to be. And when you're thinking about your dream partner, right? Like you think about, you probably got real clear about what that person needed to look like and be like. And um, for a non-specific manifester, details are the scariest thing for me. I literally was, we're moving, we're building our dream house right now in Austin, Texas. And this is something that I've wanted for the, probably the past five years, but I could never think too clearly about it. It was always like, I'd like to live in Austin. And I never thought like, I want to build a house. I never thought where that house would be anything. And then because a non-specific manifester, the universe, I trust wholeheartedly that the universe has my back and knows what I want. That's like, this or something better. And I'm grateful for that trust. So the trust and gratitude is just switched a little bit. Yeah. And so it doesn't do me any good to think about details. I had to just think about feeling. So even now, you know, when we went to do our design appointment and we had to pick our cabinets and our grout color, like by 10 minutes in, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. My head is like, (laughs) oh yeah, where VB would have been like, okay, like, here we go. I was like, I don't know if I can do this. And thank goodness, sweet Eden at the design center, like got that vibe very quickly. Cause by the end of the appointment, she was like, well, based on what you wanted here, I think this would be great. And I was like, awesome. Thank you so much. Let's go with that. And like, but all I can think about, which really turns me on is like, I'm just envisioning, like when I visualize my house, I visualize the feeling of standing in my kitchen, watching the sun come up over the river in the trees. Like that's how I visualize my house. So you know, we live in a world that says, get really clear about what you want, like make a vision board, be specific. But if you're not a specific manifester, that actually might 
hinder your progress, might hinder your success. If we're talking about entrepreneurship, if we're talking about wealth, if we're talking about your goals, it's really good to know what you're designed for. Because if you're trying, like I used to try to make vision boards all the time and it used to irritate the hell out of me to the point where I yeah. would want to, yeah, I would want to throw it out I the window. I don't make them. Maybe I should. Cause I don't. Well, I mean, it's like, however it works for you. Like, even if you're just visualizing details, yeah, it's just specific manifestors can't get too specific. Like this is kind of off topic, but I'll tell you this story. It's so epic. I love hanging out with specific manifestors because y'all are wild. When you get really good at what you do, like, whoo, I have a friend who's one of my clients. She is a specific manifester. And for years, she had a picture of the Maldives on her vision board because she wanted to go to the Maldives. And it was like from a hotel bed and you could see out the window. It was like one of those ones with like the hole in the middle and you could yeah. see the bot- like glass bottom yeah. room. And like, it was kind of looking out over these hills over sunset. And it was like the most beautiful, gorgeous photo taken from the vantage point of sitting on the bed. Okay. So years later, she goes to Maldives, completely not thinking about that photo, walks into her hotel room and realizes it is the exact hotel room, not just the hotel, not just the location, like the exact room that that picture was taken from. I have chills. That's crazy. Crazy. It's why, I mean, so like, don't like, don't settle is the message for a specific manifester. Like if there's something you want that like, and the universe or God tries to give you just like, cause we're living in a world that says, just be grateful, just be grateful for what you have. But that's quite literally a slap into the, of, in the face of like your co-creator. Cause you're getting the trust to know what you want and who are you to go, well, this isn't exactly what I wanted, but like, I guess I'll take it. Like then God's just going, oh, no. Uh, that, like, that that's me to a T. I don't just take whatever's given to me. I'm like, well, no, no, like actually I'm always like, I wouldn't yeah, prefer Which is why you get everything you want. <laughs> it's just, I ask for everything. I mean, I feel like don't ask, don't get is kind of like my motto for life. Like I 100%. never, what's the worst thing that's going to happen if you raise your hand or you speak up and you ask for something really specific, like someone's going to tell you no, well then like still I'm going to be like, well, mm-hmm. <laughs> there's probably well, there's like a back word way to yeah. do it where we can actually have a both and situation and instead of an either or moment, like mm-hmm. I think we can make it happen. And if it's like, if you're being offered like a job opportunity yeah. and it's like, you thought about like the job you wanted and you're, you're offered a job opportunity that has everything you want, except for like one little piece, the test is, can you turn that down and wait for what you actually want? Mm. Mm. That's big. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's why I love, I mean, for entrepreneurs, especially, that's why I love human design because yeah. it really does like give you just peace of mind, but it also just like helps you to understand I'm not meant to work like that person. And maybe if I'm in a working relationship with someone who is a projector and I'm a generator, like I know that I cannot expect that person to be grinding with me 12 hours a day. Like it's okay if I say, I don't care what, I don't care what your system is as long as it works for you. You know, so I think, I think human design for entrepreneurship is like a really special thing to understand. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So soul cycle for nine, almost 10 years on and off now at this point. Um, but you did part ways at a certain point near here. You're doing a quick stint. Like we talked about, talked about in the top of the episode where she's basically doing, she's like a summer DJ. She's doing a summer residency. Um, but when you parted ways with SoulCycle, um, it was kind of a leap of faith, I think, at a certain point. Um, not because you needed the job, because you didn't necessarily, but more so because I think there's a lot of identity wrapped up in being a SoulCycle instructor. I think that there's a certain 
part about it that felt or maybe feels like a, a security blanket in a way because it was when you become a soul cycle instructor it truly does become a part of your dna it's like who you actually are um yeah. so when you decided to leave and kind of go full time into entrepreneurship you know what led you to make that decision and and make that leap of faith and really kind of trust that the net was going to be there to catch you um, I mean, human design was a huge part of it. I realized like I, as like, as a generator, if it is not a full body, yes, it's a no. Mm-hmm. And I either bring the sunshine or I bring the rain clouds. And I got to the point with soul cycle where it wasn't a full body. Yes anymore. And even though I loved the room and I loved what I did in there and I loved all the things, I, it wasn't a full body yes. And so I had to realize like, not only am I not bringing my best to that space, but I'm also preventing someone else from experience the best in that space if I stay. Um, so that was one part of it. Like I knew that if I left, somebody else would be able to shine and then I would be able to actually go and spread my wings the way that I was meant to. Um And then the other part of it was I started doing a lot of work. I started hiring a lot of business coaches and doing a lot of work um, in limiting beliefs. And a limiting belief that I had is um, that I had to be accessible and available all the time in order to be worthy of success. And I grew up in a family that had a lot of money. My dad was a CFO. He was a CFO of Disney. Like I never wanted for anything. And it's not to say that I, like he made me work for things and I always worked for things, but I had a safety blanket Mm -hmm. and I had um, a net. And then when I started making my own money, which it was actually like, it was at the beginning of 2019, I actually started in entrepreneurship. It was like, I started in the network marketing industry. So it was more turnkey entrepreneurship, but it was the first time I was making like a lot of money and it was all up to me how much I wanted to make. And um, then I spent most of it and realized like, okay, there's a reason I can't keep, I'm not holding money. I can't hold money. And then I was overcompensating. So like a lot of like money stuff came up and, you know, we always think that people with money trauma come from poor backgrounds and it's not the case. Like everybody holds money trauma in our DNA, like up to 13 generations worth of trauma is held in your DNA. So you think about what your family was doing, what your lineage was doing 13 generations ago, like I had a tra- I had a generational trauma expert on one of, an episode prior, so we learned all about that. It's just crazy. Yeah, carry on. Yeah, our parents, 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 parent us the way that they like they. It just gets passed on and passed on. All these totally. ideas. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did a lot of work there and then I kind of just realized like, oh my gosh, like I'm holding on to this because I have a, I have benefits. I have a 401k. I have all these right. things. I have a secure paycheck, but that's preventing me from growing. So like finally healing that limiting belief and, and leaping was probably the best thing I could have ever done. Cause I immediately, I, I continued to build my network marketing business, which I still continue to do today. I was able to grow my podcast. Um, you know, we, we just passed a hundred thousand downloads a few months ago and that was, yeah, it was huge. Um, and I, I built a coaching business, like a, a business for entrepreneurs. And so I, I do masterminds and I do group coaching and I do one-on-one coaching and, um, you know, I, I, I've been able to build that to a six figure business in the last seven months. And I, I don't think I would have been able to do that had I not like taken the leap that I did. So it was actually interesting because then when SoulCycle came back around and they were like, do you want to come back and teach? It was on my terms, right? which gave me the validation that I actually so never different. knew. 
Yeah, I never knew that I wanted validation. I thought I was good. I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Doctors close, it's whatever. But yeah, but then having it come back around, I was like, oh my gosh, like I actually, I, I, my dad died last. For anybody listening that doesn't know my story, my dad died last January, and my dad was like my best friend in the whole world. He is my soulmate. We've traveled many, many, many lives together. So it's, it's been like a really crazy couple of years, and I. Part of the reason why I left SoulCycle too was just realizing I was so burnt out by trying to like be okay. And uh, I think that SoulCycle coming back into my life was like a gift for my dad. Yeah, it's just interesting. I think I think entrepreneurship is not for the weak. Um, I I don't think it's I don't think it's for you know you have to you have to know who you are. But the good news is you can figure out who you are along the way. And um, I heard a quote this week. I was in Vegas um, and I got to hear Ed Milet speak. And he said, the person you are today is qualified to help the person you used to be. And I was like, that's it. That's it. We try so hard to be like, oh, well, I'm going to be like that person. But if you're not there yet, just focus on who you were five years ago. I was like, anybody who knows me, I mean, you've known me a long time. Like I'm unrecognizable from who I was five years ago. Yeah. yeah. And not just physically because I get Botox now. I'm dead. I'm dead. I'm dead. Um, no, but that is the truth. And I've, and I've heard that before. It wasn't put quite the same way, but it was like, if you're ever, you know, trying to sell something or teach someone something or do something like, right. You don't look ahead to the person that is a, like ahead of you, right. You just think about like baby Danielle, baby VB, like, what did she need to hear? What did he need to hear? What did they need to hear? And that's the person you speak to. That's the person you talk to yeah. because that's the person who needs your message. And yeah. that's usually the clients that we kind of would attract as well in like, in like life coaching and things like that. People who, you know, kind of are looking. Yeah. Because like I put myself intentionally into spaces and masterminds and like. Who you want to learn from. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Like every mastermind I'm in, I'm investing no less than ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 into like coaches and masterminds that I'm, in. but these are people that like, that's where I'm going next, right. you know, where it's like, you don't have to be that person already to help people. Like I found that a lot of my clients, you know, have these businesses and I just actually just wrapped up a three month coaching program that I do one-on-one with um, a client of mine who does like wedding invitations and she does like wedding stuff. And when I first met her, she was like striving for like five, she's like, I would like to do like $5,000 a month. And I was like, what? (laughs) Like, she's like, well, I'm in a small town. I'm like, you run an online business. Like your business is virtual. Like people go to your website and they buy your wedding invitations. And these are like, like, we're not talking like Vista print. We're talking well, like I, the most. I need some, I need wedding invitations. She like, she literally, like, I had no idea how important like paper was. Like she taught oh, me is, so yeah. much when working with her, but she makes these gorgeous, like custom handmade, like invitations that are just like completely representative of who the couple is. And it was like crazy to hear, have her say like, Oh, I don't know. Like I'm small town. And I realized in that moment, I was like, Oh my gosh, like I used to be you. I used to say like, well, who, who am I to think that I can impact people? Who am I to think? Like at the end of the day, like I've been through death. I've been through divorce. I've been through breakups. I've been through heartache. I've been through global pandemics. I've been through a business, like huge amounts of money and then losing that money. I've been through all of that. And, you know, along the way, I've learned a lot. And so I think that entrepreneurship is really just reminding yourself that like you're on the path to becoming all the time. 
And the beauty of it is that it's yours and you don't have to ask permission and you don't have to ask your boss if it's okay if you do X, Y, and Z. Like your business is yours. And if you want to raise your prices, pardon my French, you raise your fucking prices and the right people are going to find you. Right. And I think that was like the biggest moment when I had her as a client. I was like, oh my gosh, like you have the power to impact people on a global scale just based on who you are now because you can speak to who you used to be. So, Amen. I mean, and that is such a great example of how we all sometimes tend to talk to ourselves. She's like, well, you know, I'm not going to shoot for the moon and the stars. I'll just shoot really low, like maybe $5,000 a month. And it's because, and then we do this thing where we're like, it's because I live in a small town. It's because I don't have this, or it's because I can't do this, or it's because X, Y, Z, all of these reasons that we tell ourselves about why we can't do things. And it will, the difference between where we are and wherever we want to be will always, always, always be in the things that we're telling ourselves that we cannot do. And so until we decide to get out of our own way until we decide to release our own limiting beliefs, like, and just be like, actually, like, Mm -hmm. no, 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 like my wedding invitations are really, really great. And I'm going to make 30 grand a month selling wedding invitations or whatever it is. Like, you know what I mean? Whatever your numbers are. She quadrupled her income in the three months we worked together. And it was like, yeah. And she's a manifesting generator. So she like, it was crazy because she quadrupled her income in ways that weren't just in wedding invitations. Like there were yeah. other things that she was passionate about. And I'm like, see, like the world opens up when you let go of shit you don't care about. When you raise your prices, so you get right. rid of those like lower entry things that are just wasting your time. You really get to put yourself in your zone of genius. Right. right. Yeah. And I, you said something really interesting about limiting beliefs and like the, what we tell ourselves and you know, it's not, it's not failure that we're afraid of. It's success that we're actually afraid of. And that honestly is that, that has to do with your trauma. That has to do with your ego. I mean, the thing about your ego is like, it only knows scarcity. It only knows lack. It only knows where you've been, right? Because your ego is very much attached to your subconscious and your subconscious is pretty much fully formed with rules by the time you're eight years old. So Whatever happened in your life when you were eight, like when I was eight, I was being like, what was being modeled for me is that like, if everything is hectic, you have to be busy all the time. And that's how I've grown up. And I didn't even realize that that was my pattern. So what happens is, and if you haven't read the book, um, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself by Joe Mm -hmm. Dispenza, like read it immediately because it's going to like, it's going to talk a lot about what I'm about to say right now, but you are subconscious is responsible for 95% of our daily actions and thoughts. 95%. So think about everything you do every day that you don't have to think about. Like I don't have to think about how to brush my teeth. I don't have to think about how to put my shoes on. I don't have to think about how to drive my car. That's why I can like drive with my knee, grab my phone. Like not that I do that. Of course not. Right. But think of all the things that you just do automatic, but like the way that you think about yourself, the actions that you do in your every day based on what you believe about yourself is your subconscious. And so anytime you go to level up, raise your prices, start a coaching business, do whatever it is that you're doing, your ego is going to be the first thing that goes, Mm-mm, you're small town. Uh-uh, you can't do that. Who are you to think they do that so much better? Nobody wants to hear what you have to say. And you have to be able to sit with yourself and go, okay, ego, I love you. I'm so glad you're here. If I'm in Times Square and I'm trying to cross the street, I hope that you remind me to look both ways because I need you to keep me safe. But in this moment, 
We are just doing something that you've never experienced and it's going to be okay. And that's actually the real way to get over your limiting beliefs. To heal your limiting beliefs in entrepreneurship is to take time with your ego and treat it like an eight-year-old child that doesn't like to, I mean, my child is six, my son is six years old. And if I try to change his routine, like it's World War Three. like you cannot change this kid's routine. And so if we start thinking of our like wounded ego as a child, all of a sudden, all these times that these like panicky, all of a sudden, what if feelings come up, we can treat them like they are, which is just your ego afraid of success. So that's what they mean when they say like, you're actually afraid of success because success means changing. Success means growing. Success means realizing that you're the only one in your way. Yeah. And I think that's like a huge piece to entrepreneurship is you have to do that work. Right. Because you're not able to place blame outside of yourself. Like no, when we don't succeed or we don't do something or we don't get somewhere, like it's really because we stood in our own way. And how empowering can that be? We, right. you know, we, I'm so sick Terrifying, of people being like, oh, but empowering. I did this myself. I'm like, right. But if you get yourself lost right. in the woods, you have to remember you got yourself lost there. So you can probably find your way out. And like, right. how empowering is it to finally go, oh my gosh, like every success that I want in my life, every failure I've had, every speed bump, every like ecstatic joy that has existed in my life, I have brought to myself and everything that I'm doing, everywhere that I'm going, everything that I'm going to accomplish will be because I did it because I did that work. That's actually really fucking empowering. It is. I would agree with that. Um, So I want to talk about in terms of entrepreneurship, when the biggest change, I think, as so many people are shifting from working nine to five jobs to working for themselves or creating their own thing. So I don't know, there's like a funny, I've seen it before, like meme or TikTok or something where it's like, I no longer work a nine to five. So now I work every hour of the day. Like now I work 24 hours a day, um, which is the thing. So right, like you know, before it's like clock in, clock out at a certain time and you kind of close the laptop and you're, you're done for the day. So when you work for yourself or you have, you know, more non-traditional jobs, such as a soul cycle instructor, um, your work is happening 24 hours a day. It's happening all of the time. So how do you create boundaries with that and kind of really compartmentalize spending time with your family, with your friends and not being on all the time, if you will? I'm going to say one, I'm going to say two things that are probably going to trigger the shit out of everybody who's listening to this, who doesn't have good boundaries. Okay. Number one, boundaries are your birthright. Yeah. Number two, release the need to be needed. Like you have to get to the point where you do not hang your worth on needing to be needed because That is why we say yes all the time, even though we don't have the energy. That is why we are constantly, like I used to respond to every DM I got within seconds. I used to answer every text message within seconds. And then meanwhile, my family is like, I thought we were hanging out today. I used to take calls on Sundays. I used to do things on every day of the week, whenever I did, because I was like, if I'm not available, then people won't see me as successful and I won't be able to grow my business. And here's the truth. The truth is, If I go to get a tattoo, I'm going to wait three to five months for that person to be ready because they have a wait list. And if you're growing a business, you got to be okay with a wait list. You got to be okay with, you know, there's a saying, ready when you are, right? Ready? I can coach you when you're ready. Why do you say that? It's not when you're, it's not when you're ready. That gives your clients the impression that like you're on their timeline. No, no, baby. 
We're on my timeline and my boundaries are my birthright because if I have boundaries, like I've gotten to the point, Vic, where like I am, I am unavailable for anything in my life that is not mutually beneficial. Yep. Anything. Yep. That could be with my partner. That could be with my kid. That could be with my business, my other business, my podcast, a guest that I want to have on my show. That could be with my network marketing clients. That could be with my team that's on my network market. Like that could be with anything. If it is not mutually beneficial, it's a no. And that is what keeps me in my genius, right? Like that's what keeps me able to impact the people that I impact. That's what keeps me able to create the like life-changing content in my courses that I create, right? And if we're constantly spreading ourselves so thin, and this goes back to human design, saying yes to everything that you don't actually want to be doing, then you're not going to receive what you're meant to receive. A, you're not open for the abundance that is also your birthright. Right. And C, you're not able to impact the people that you, the way that you are meant to impact them. So actually, the most selfless thing you can do in this life is be really fucking selfish with your energy. That's actually the most selfless thing you can do. And like the most successful people say no most often. Yeah. I I feel like I've, I mean, I feel like I've gotten pretty good at it, to be honest. Yeah, you have. Because I go, I just realized it's for my mental health. Like I can't answer DMs all the time. I can't answer even text messages. And I put a post, a post on Instagram the other day about this because I was like, I'm not being boastful and I'm not proud of it. But like right now I have 598 unread text messages <laughs> and that's actually insane. Um, it really is. But I just, I can't answer all the time. I can't. It, it, it drains me and it gives me anxiety. I don't mm-hmm. want to be available all of the time. And so some of those are probably like, you know, when you, te- you sign up for like clothing brand text to get a discount. Like a lot of them are probably shit like that, that I just right. need to delete and get rid of spam. Um, but I just, they, they keep collecting over time. Uh, but yeah, I do my best. Well, you're also in Sagittarius and yeah. we are terrible. Like how many, Im- how many emails you got in your inbox? <laughs> oh, that says 38,000 right now at 62. I'm at 30. I just looked at it. 38,641. I am dead that we're at the same amount. That's insane. That's a Sagittarius thing. It's not, it's not something that we're proud of. No, I'm not. I'm not proud. I don't say it to be boastful whatsoever. I don't think it's, I don't think it's cool. Trust me. I don't, I don't think it's cool at all. Um, it's like something I'm working on at all times, but like, I guess I got this place where, where I was like always feeling really, really shitty about it and feeling like Mm -hmm. badly that I wasn't Mm -hmm. necessarily like good at it. But I'm like, no, this is actually me creating a clear boundary that like, I am going to respond when I am able and when it feels good, when it feels good Mm -hmm. for me. Like, and if it doesn't feel good, like I just, it's not personal. It's not. And I can't worry about what other people's feelings are about it and how it makes anybody else feel because, you know, they, like they're, five symbols on the, whatever you call it, not symbols, their characteristic on the, my human design. Like maybe they take it personally because it's not who they are. But I think that's, what's so great about this life is just like, we have to understand all of the time. And I think we, we go through our days and our moments and our hours. Like, I think we go through it a lot more, a lot more lightly, if you will, Mm -hmm. if we just Mm -hmm. recognize that like, well, they probably operate in a different way than I do. 
right? Yeah. When someone is not oh, yeah. receiving something or you try to help someone and they don't want it, or you, you know, they don't answer your message or they sometimes like, it's really about taking yourself out of the equation and realizing that like, it's someone else's actions are not personal to you. Like 99% of the time, it's just who they are as a person and how they effectively show up in the world and yeah. granting people grace around you, you know? Well, that and like realizing that like triggers are really just activations inside of you saying that there's something you haven't healed in yourself. So I used to get really triggered by people's boundaries. Like if somebody was like, oh, I don't actually have time for this right now. Can you reschedule? I'd be like, well, what the, like, what the fuck? Like, am I not important? And now I realize like, oh my gosh, like that was just something I wanted that. I wanted to be that way. And so, you know, I I don't believe in triggers. I think triggers are simply just like your intuition being like, ooh, we got to heal that. Like, we got to figure that out. Like, there's something there. Just like jealousy isn't really a real thing. Jealousy or jealousy isn't a bad thing. Jealousy is really your intuition being like, let's do that. Let's go. Let's be that person. And so that was one of the greatest lessons I learned. Anytime I feel jealous or I'm like hating on someone, I'm like, ooh okay, what is it about them that I'm actually like admire and like that they have that I don't because that's probably why I'm hating on them. Yeah. Like they're just, they've, they're a little bit farther along in their, their healing journey or their, you know, their, their financial journey or whatever it is. But you know, it's like, it's like just getting to the point where you realize that your boundaries are what keeps you able to be in your genius, you know, and it keeps you able to make more money. And um, like I used to get really triggered by people who talked about like how much money they had. Like I used, it used to be something that I used to get like really weird about. And then I just realized it was because like, I wanted that, like I wanted to be able to like empower people through like normalizing, talking about wanting to make a shit ton of money and like, you know, then doing the money, money work that I did, I was like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. And so now like I can sit here and be like, yeah, I have a six figure coaching business. Like, yes, this is going to be my first seven figure year. And I'm really pumped about it. And like, that means that if I can, because through the, you know, the universal law of divine oneness, it states that like, what's possible for you is possible for me. And those universal laws are as real as gravity. We just don't talk about them. Like it's a real thing. Universal law of vibration, like divine oneness, like your vibe does actually attract your tribe as much as I hate that saying, but it's like, if you feel like you can't, you're not getting what you want out of your life. If you feel like you're not making boundaries the way that you know you can and should, if you're making, if you're exhausted all the time and you're feeling really out of alignment with like who you're meant to be, start putting yourself into spaces with people who are doing it. Start intentionally taking yourself out of spaces where the conversations are like, staying around being stuck and like what's wrong with the world and what's not happening and start putting yourself into spaces where the conversations are like, here's how we can change. Here's how we can pivot. Here's how we can grow, what we can become. Because I guarantee you, like your life will shift dramatically in that moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So much we could more we could talk about. I feel like we can talk for days and days and days, but I will ask you one more question. And that is, what is the best piece of advice that you would give your younger self? Oh my gosh. I literally just posted a reel. Oh, there you go. Literally this morning that said advice to younger me. Oh, you did. I saw that actually. Yeah. And my advice to my younger me would be kind of what we're talking about. Like everything you're going through right now, Every, like every heartache you're experiencing, every like soul search, every time you wonder if you're enough, every time you lose something, every time you go through a breakup, like 
all of that is preparing you for who you're to become. And that person is going to impact people on a global scale that you don't even know. You don't even know. Right. And so I think it's just about like reminding yourself that it's all part of the journey and it's a really beautiful journey if you allow it to be. Yeah. I love that. It's a great place to end. Um, You are the bomb.com. Thanks so much for being on. I love you. I love you. Yeah. If you guys want to come hang, I'm Danielle underscore on the daily. I got a lot of ways you can work with me. Come play in my world. Got a mastermind starting in August. Lots of things you can do. There you go. Boom. That is a wrap on today's episode with Danielle. I hope that you loved every single minute of this episode the way that I loved every single minute of this conversation. Um, Huge Danielle fan over here, and I hope that you now are a huge Danielle fan as well. I feel like there's... There's so many moments that I could pull from this episode that were just moments of like, I got to write this down. I got to remember this, Um, you know, how to get rid of our limiting beliefs, how to really believe in ourselves and to know that a lot of times the thing that's standing in our way is actually our own fear of our own success and remembering that and kind of just really playing it over in our minds is like, okay, like why am I afraid to do this thing? It's not because you're afraid to fail. A lot of times it's because we're afraid of what's going to come along with that success, the pressure that we might have to hold on to, you know, can we handle it? And the truth is like, I really have been a believer all of my life that if you make it somewhere or you achieve something, it's because you have the tools to carry it out. You have the tools to continue on in that way. So that was kind of one of the big takeaways for me. And then also, I hope that you will either work with her or just download the My Human Design app, right? So it's My Human Design. And you all you need to put in is your name, where you were born, and your birth time. And it will tell you which of those five energy types you are. And you can kind of listen through because I like to press play. There's a woman who kind of speaks like it's almost like listening to a, a podcast, to be honest. So you just like press play on it and it tells you all about who you are. And so, I mean, I just listened to all of mine as I was like traveling on the subway in New York City. Uh, and I was just, it was light bulb moment after light bulb moment after light bulb moment where I was just like, wow, that makes so much sense. Like I am this way because of X. I am this way because of Y. And just gaining that understanding of who you are is invaluable to cutting yourself a break when you don't feel like you want to do something or something doesn't feel right or how you show up in conversation or how you show up in friendships or how you answer emails even like down to everything that we do. Um, so I think it's a really powerful tool that not that many people know about. So definitely download that app or work with Danielle. Uh, but yeah, I hope this episode was super insightful and you enjoyed her, uh, everything she had to say. So I will see you guys next week on the Very Best Self podcast. Uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Very Best Self. And you can follow me at Victoria Brown. Follow Danielle at Danielle underscore on the daily. And make sure you leave us a review on this podcast episode because we super appreciate it. And it's how the podcast grows. Love you, mean it. BB out. Bye. Bye.